You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. This episode, we've got some close encounters for Christmas in Fab Facts. The day of immolation draws near as the fire within concludes in the randomizer. And we're celebrating Boxing Day with Genevieve Wilhelmina Gaunt. Cool, that's all coming up in Pod 237. Is that really her middle name? Of the Jerry Anderson Podcast! It is! Is it though? This is Christmas Control. Stand by. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Hello and hello and uh, did you have a nice Christmas? Oh, I had a lovely Christmas. I wasn't yeah. asking you. I was asking oh. the Postrons. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I didn't see them. Did you have a nice? You did. Oh, well, that's no, good. I'm sorry. I, I, I can see them now. Now you mentioned them. Yeah, all there nodding are, away there, merrily. Yeah, yeah. Some they look a bit worse for wear, don't well, they? Well, some do. Some don't look very fresh face, but not many. Yes. Uh, anyway, we hope you had a lovely Christmas day. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, well, if you're listening to this on the, the day of release, that you're going to have a nice Boxing Day too. Yes. Is this the first? Um, Boxing Day that we've actually, you know, had an episode out. I think it might well be, yes. Mm, yeah. yeah. Gosh, anyway, there we go. go. So yeah. on Boxing Day, which is our hashtag Cheers Jerry Anderson Day. So what a yes. nice day to have it on. Uh, but before we get into that, we should probably yes. say who we are and what we're doing and why Good we're idea. here. Yes, quite right. On Boxing Day of all days. Go on, after you. Oh, sorry. Well, I'm Richard James and I'm here to co-host the Jerry Anderson podcast. An hour and a half of fun, facts and frolics. <laughs> Brilliant. You're absolutely right. Well, uh, good. And I'm Jamie Anderson, uh, the other co-host of this podcast, uh, and those said fun facts and frolics. Mm. Mm. Uh, And we're also joined by a very festive... uh, Thank goodness. Chris Dale. Yeah. uh, Who will join us towards the end... And save the show, yes. ...at this podcast, save the show from oblivion by presenting The Randomizer, where he picks a random episode of a random Jerry Anderson show using a device called The Randomizer. Ah, 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 hang on. Uh, Yes. Yes, yes. go on, you can say well, it. Well, it's not random this week, is it? No, it's not, because uh-huh. last week he picked the first part of a two-parter. So yep. according to the rules of the randomizer, which are yep. etched in a biro on a piece of toilet roll, um, <laughs> uh, we must therefore go to the second episode uh, of Quite that right. two-parter. So that's Space Precinct to the Fire Within Part 2. Yeah, it's not particularly Christmassy, but, uh, you know, it's random, isn't it? Well, it was last week. But it was and last now week, yeah. Anyway, no. so we know what's at the end, but what is yep. the filling between this oh. dry piece of Melbourne toast right. and the plump doorstep well, wedge of bloomer that is the but, randomizer at the other end of the podcast? Yeah, okay, but we're still not using the dice. <laughs> oh, I've sort of kind of given up on the dice, well, to be honest. Well, we have one to go. Yeah. Oh, next week. Maybe next week. Let's, let's do it next okay. week. All right. Okay. Uh, well, for now, in my own voice, uh, we've got... Well, I'm happy to say, after the chaos of last week's Christmas episode with uh, Terry Adlam, we've got all the usual gubbins. We've got Fab Facts coming up in a little while. We've got some newsy news, 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 because even though this Boxing Day, we have stuff to tell you. We've got the second part of Jamie's interview with Genevieve Gaunt. Uh, we've got the randomizer at the end of the programme. And in between, above, beyond and around, all those wonderful things... We have 
emails from our podstrons who've been uh, emailing us at podstron no p- podcast at jerryhampson.com <laughs> stop it uh, they've also been posting on our Facebook group that's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash podstrons well remembered and they've been uh, also commenting on our YouTube channel over the festive period as well so I shall be reading out some of those comments too excellent I'm glad yeah. you will be doing that now today the day of release mm. is quite incredibly 10 years since dad passed away yes. uh, so now I will say, don't worry. This is, doesn't mean it needs to be a kind of uh, you know dour and sad maudlin uh, event. It shouldn't at all. We should celebrate yeah. it as we do every single week on the Joey Anderson yes. podcast. But if you are uh, on social media, uh, online at all over the festive period, and, and especially today, we would love it if you would post your memories, thoughts, reflections, and thanks for all things Anderson with the hashtag Cheers Jerry Anderson. It's a nice, easy way for us to find it. Um, let's see if we can get trending on a, a social media platform or two, uh, because the more people that find out about the world's Jerry Anderson, the more fun we all have, and the yeah. more we kind of continue celebrating his legacy, which we have done right. over the last decade, and we'll continue to do into the next one. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and the more people we get to talk to every week. Absolutely, that too. It's an, an entirely selfish uh, activity, just so we <laughs> yes. can increase our listenership. No, not at all. Uh, no, it, please do share your cheers, Jerry Anderson messages. Uh, as I said last week, it amazingly feels like decades ago, and yet only last month yeah. um, since Dad died. It's a strange th- feeling simultaneously. And it's such a nice thing to be able to celebrate his life and legacy with you all every single week, come rain or shine or... Minus five degrees, uh, mm. freezing weather and all That's sorts just of in your stuff. living room. That is just here, yes, after my broken boiler incident. Let's not go into that. <laughs> oh, We're okay. trying to keep this one positive. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, we look forward to reading your messages. And although we will do our best to uh, read out lots of those probably in our January-ish episode. Yes, Because yeah. we're recording a bit in advance and... Um, yeah. Yes, but we will see them and we will get to them. So thanks in advance for sharing your hashtag cheers, Jerry Anderson message yeah lovely right mm. so uh, mm-hmm. should we what? go into everyone's favorite segment <clears throat> yeah the first sure. exciting layer yeah. uh, of the jerry anderson podcast sandwich as right, we yeah. exit our dry bit of toast introduction uh, <laughs> and now go into i don't know what would it be what? a lettuce leaf or something what, no butter or anything? No margarine? Oh, I suppose. Well, let's... Yeah, yeah let's say butter. This it's is very, the... No, it's very much the margarine of the uh, podcast sandwich, I would say. All Not right. butter. Fine. An overly thick spread of margarine that there is this week's Fab Facts. And I think that's overselling it. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. It's Fab Facts, and this week... It's Fab Facts. I flick... All right, Richard. <clears throat> yeah. Contain your enthusiasm there. <laughs> so I have discarded the festive, very short little volumette of Fab yes, Facts and return like now to the tome of Fab Facts. Okay. So don't worry, it won't be festive this week. Well, probably right. not that festive. Anyway, yeah. uh, so I'm going to flip to the book. Richard will shout Fab and I'll read you a Fab Fact. Richard, yeah. are you ready with your Fab? Born ready. Won't be as good as Terry's. Here we oh. go. Fab. Ooh, now <laughs> I, I slightly overflipped there. You I will did. be honest, but yes. you know that's the that's how Have the you game got Boxing works. Day thumb, <laughs> terrible Boxing Day thumb. Oh. Uh, yes, well there we go. I will have to do something about that. Now uh, here we are, Richard. Yeah, you're going to like this one. Not counting Stanley Unwin. Yeah, can you name someone who once appeared as themselves in a live-action Anderson series? Uh, yes. Go Christine on. Glanville. 
Okay. <laughs> yes, but that wasn't on purpose, was it? No, so, it wasn't. No. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's try again. Go on. Um, okay. Would it help you <laughs> yeah. uh, identify the series if I yes. told you that this real-life person claimed to have once met an alien? What okay, series well, we're talking that UFO, aren't we? Well done. That does bring yes. us indeed to UFO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and an interesting guest star okay. of the episode The Dalatech Affair, mm. one Dr. Frank E. Strangers. Oh, yes. Great name. Isn't it? As mentioned in the episode, noted ufologist. Is that how you say it, isn't it? Ufologist? Yes, I think so. Or ufologist? Ufologist? Yeah. Ed Straker would say ufologist, wouldn't he? So, yeah. Okay, noted ufologist, uh, Dr. Strangers, was the president of the National Investigations Committee on UFOs or UFOs, and he was also its founder. So, as part of his interest in all things alien, he once visited the Century 21 studios while UFO was in production, and in order to capitalise on his visit and bring a bit of extra publicity for the show, a couple of extra scenes were written featuring Doctor Strangers being interviewed by Keith Ford. Oh. Now, this explains why, if you watch the episode, his appearance looks exactly like what it is, basically a, a last-minute addition to the original script that doesn't have anything to do with the story at all, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Uh, speaking of stories, Doctor Strange has wrote several books throughout his life, and, mm -hmm. and uh, one of them details his encounter with a man from Venus. Okay. Uh, one Commander Valiant Thor. Right. It's quite an Anderson-y sounding name, isn't it, actually? Yes, it is, yes. Well, uh, fiction, he wasn't... This wasn't a, like a, you know, a true, was it? Well, according to Doctor Strange's, yeah. Commander Valiant and three of his Venusian associates, yes. called Don, Jilly and Tania. Oh, very typically Venusian names. Very, yes. 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 They landed in a farmer's field in Virginia in March 1957. Right. Uh, and were eventually granted a meeting at the White House with President Eisenhower and Vice President Richard Nixon. Doctor Strangers, who at the time allegedly was a federal marshal and a chaplain mm. with top security clearance at the Pentagon, covered this incident in a book that he published in 1967 titled Stranger at the Pentagon. Okay. Title again there, so you're yes. so title there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Almost. Eisenhower was apparently keen to reveal the existence of aliens to the public, but Nixon and others insisted that he keep quiet about it. Right. Doctor Strange's was, however, apparently under no such restrictions, hence the book. Makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, President can't talk about it, but uh, the Doctor Strange's can. So, yeah. uh, in his book, Doctor Strange's claimed to have met Thor, the Venusian, several times, and apparently they got on well enough for Thor to invite Doctor Strange's aboard his spacecraft. <laughs> That's nice. So, according to him, Commander Thor had been sent to Earth as a peaceful emissary, yeah. hoping to prevent humanity from destroying itself. Yeah. Um, and uh, he remained in Washington for three years, three whole years, before returning to Venus in 1960. Right. Um, whether he felt his job was completed or the human race was beyond help. Or who whether knows? it even happened ever at all. Well, we're not going there. Um, okay. Uh, but if you do ever need to identify a Venusian, Dr. Strange's reported that they have an extra finger on each hand, but no fingerprints. And that they live for at least 500 years. Of course they do. So that'll help, won't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now... As deeply credible as all of this sounds, yeah. we must inform you, dear listeners, <laughs> yes. that certain questions have been raised regarding no. the, shall we say, accuracy of no. some of Doctor Strange's allegations. Right. Starting with the question, 
did he even actually have a diploma? Oh, right. Well, uh, anyway. So we're not going with the whole, did he actually ever meet a Venusian? There are some other questions too, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to pick this thing to no. death, do we? No, uh, no, no. Anyway, look, he did, however, continue to work as both a uh, ufologist and mm. an evangelical preacher until his death in November 2008. Okay. So, uh, well, good for him. Yes, he continued spreading the word, be they um, true or not. Uh, right. Anyway, there's so much more to the story of Doctor Strange's and uh, his good chum, Commander Valiant Thor, than we have time mm. for here. So please uh, feel free to fall down that particular conspiracy rabbit hole in oh, your own no. time. <laughs> uh, and the next time you watch Doctor Strange's uh, in UFO, just remember that he was probably the only member of the UFO cast to ever meet a real live alien allegedly uh, uh, okay <laughs> right yes i mean i don't know if you could hear from the sound of my voice there but my yes. tongue was firmly in my cheek <laughs> yeah, throughout yeah. this fab fact yeah yeah that's right yeah okay <laughs> but is that hang on is that an extra finger on your right hand <laughs> well just it's just minute. coming up for my 499th birthday uh, <laughs> oh, it's funny well. that you've only noticed it now yeah yeah it's odd isn't it yes mm. okay well there you go mm, uh, a real life cameo from a real life fibber I mean yeah. uh, uh, ufologist ufologist sorry yes. Mm, yes. that's how you say it <laughs> quite right Anyway, there you go. Uh, that was rather nice, wasn't it? And uh, you're yeah, right, fun. absolutely, Christine Glanville did make a brief cameo appearance in Space Precinct. She well, did indeed, But yes. she was not meant to be there, no. uh, so that doesn't no. count. It's quite nice, though. It does. So it's nice, actually. <laughs> that, I think, brings us, allegedly, to the end of this week's... Strangers fact. fact. Oh, oh yeah, well, and strangers. Okay. Yeah, yes, that's the, that's that right. was the meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, that sounds like a kind of a kooky uh, buddy cop movie, doesn't it? Oh, a terrible one. I won't be watching. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Uh, now, our lovely Podstrons, even over Christmas, have been getting in touch with us by uh, emailing us at podcast at jerryanderson.com. Sean Raven says, Hi, Jamie and Richard. Just a quick note to congratulate everyone on the release of the Stingray soundtrack CD. I've just had a chance to listen to it and it just confirms my view that it's one of Barry Gray's best soundtracks. No wonder much of it was reused in later shows. The quality of the recording is superb, and it's now taken up residence next to my Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and UFO CDs. Now, what would make my collection complete, says Sean, mm. is the Terrorhawk soundtrack. Any news yet? Looking forward to the arrival of my copy of the UFO Technical Manual with bated breath. Hopefully it will arrive before Christmas. Well, I hope it did, Sean. Keep up the good work, he says. Kind regards. Hmm. So we've definitely had a conversation with a soundtrack producer about yeah. said thing, but I can't right. tell you anymore at this stage. Okay, okay, right. Uh, Steve gets in touch to say, Hi, Podmasters. Last night at the Podder's Arms, we reviewed the Thunderbirds Christmas episode, Give or Take a Million, although not everyone's favourite episode. It garnered some favourable reviews, having watched it several times previously. I was giving it uh, to take a closer look and discovered that the Tracy Boys have their own cupboards in the kitchen. Ah, and he said there's a picture of this yes. green lilac red yellow and blue although they must trust each other not to steal the chocolate digestives as the cupboards are all unlocked <laughs> and they went to university lol says steve all the festive best to you and the podstrons that's a nice little detail isn't it their own isn't cupboards yeah, yeah lovely little things they used to do on Sweet. there these yeah. details which nobody really notices until they yeah. go through with the fine tooth comb in high definition yeah, which they love to do at the Potty's yeah. Arms, I have to say. Uh, Dom Riley says, hello, chaps. In answer to Jamie's question... Oh, here we go. 
<laughs> My favourite pod number yes! is 199. Nice. Uh, 199 is the 46th prime number. It's also a centred triangular number and an emirp, which is a prime spelled backwards, which reversed is another prime number, 991. Nice. I was never good at maths at school, but knew a lot about 199, says Dom. Hope you all had a fantastic Christmas and New Year. F-A-B-S-I-G-P-W-O-R and S-P-A from Dom Riley. Cheers, Dom. Yeah. Now you said nobody would dream of emailing about a favourite pod number and look what happened. <laughs> I know, but that was only the one, wasn't it? Uh, calling Thunderbirds fans, says Scott Bicleeke, I noticed that the movies are re-released on DVD but separately like the Blu-rays back in 2015. These were released last year and the best place to get them is Amazon, says Scott. My wife was meant to get these for me for Christmas, but she said I deserve them now as I've been struggling with my stress and emotions, including having COVID and hearing about the passing of two of my childhood heroes, which were not Jerry Anderson related. So I'd like to say a thank you to my wife for all her support and for letting me have these DVDs before Christmas. And that's FAB from Scott Bickley. Well, well done, well, Mrs there. B. Absolutely. And I hope they cheered you up, Scott. Greetings, podcats, says Mark Perkins. I just saw you were recording your festive pods and I thought I'd pile in with my thoughts. Uh, Firstly, thanks to the three of you and the team that put together a weekly podcast. It's uh, easy to take it for granted, but it's it's no mean feat to have lasted this long and it's much appreciated. Yeah, tell us about it. But what a year, says Mark, 2022 has been. Santa is hopefully bringing me the standby for action concert DVD to remind me of that wonderful weekend when those of us who could met up in Birmingham. Apart from the superb concert, being in the audience for the live podcast was also a tremendous thrill, but finally meeting all my fellow Podstrons had to be the main highlight of the weekend. Jamie, I'm sure your dad will be pleased with the ongoing legacy of his work and the role that you're all playing in that, but I feel he'd be most proud of the community of caring, supportive and downright lovely people that you've brought together in what we all refer to as the Podstrons. I will be raising a glass in his honour on the 26th as usual, but I'll also be toasting the health of everyone listening. Cheers, Podders. Mark Perkins. Yeah, lovely. Hashtag cheers, Jerry Anson. Hashtag cheers, Podstrons. There you go. Uh, Richard and Jamie, this is from Steve Carson from Edinburgh. Apologies in advance uh, that this has more than one reason for writing. Firstly, you both mentioned under thefts. Did we? Uh, it was a few pods ago, yes. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a teenager in the 70s, I recall going into John Menzies, similar to W.H. Smith, and looking at, at a copy of the Space 1999 book. Did I add one too many nines there? Uh, Collision Course by E.C. Tubb. Somehow I managed to leave the store with it and without paying. <sighs> Ooh. I was going to take it back, but thought it may take some explaining, so I still have it. <gasps> From the Goodness 70s. Me. Yeah, well. Let's hope no police are listening, eh? Right. Secondly, is a point for Jamie. If you decide to do any more introductory styles for Richard, right? Mm. Oh, how about in the style of Wogan? Ah, either for his show Wogan or Blankety Blank. Okay. Nice. Well, okay. I mean, it's up to the dice to decide, I suppose. It when is and if up that to the dice. Happens. Well, that's next week. We're, we're going oh, okay. back to the dice next week. All right. Thirdly, I think Space Precinct the Vault is a great idea. With all the information and reminiscing that Richard has done since he released Space Precinct Unmasked, there must be more material that he could contribute to a revised second edition or collaborate on the Vault. I'd buy it. And lastly, says Stephen, how about a quick fire five? Oh, what? <laughs> Yes, it's been a while, but here's a rather festive quick fire five for you, Jamie. Are you ready for these? Oh, can't wait. Right. <laughs> Do you prefer one 
Richard James's newsy news news news, or two, a Terry Adler pun. Oh, uh, oh come on, come on. Newsy news news news. Oh, uh, next one. Would you prefer one, Richard James's gubbins, or two, Chris Dale's anywho? <laughs> Gosh, I do love your gubbins, but I. There's something refreshing uh, about an anywho. You're right. You're right. It's like a cold shower, isn't it? Mm. Uh, third one. Would you prefer one, Richard James's enthusiasm for fab facts, or two, a quick five-five? Oh! <laughs> uh, I've come to love your enthusiasm for fab facts. So that. Uh, next one. All oh, right. Think carefully about this. One, Richard James's Wogan, or two, John Coleshaw's Jeff Tracy. Oh, what? Oh. You can't make me choose. That's you have like to choose. between. You have to choose. That's like choosing between a pet that you don't really like and a child. That um, you don't really like. Uh, uh, no, uh, John's Jeff is, is oh, gorgeous. Course. Sorry. Of course. And finally, Richard James, author or Richard James, actor. Oh, what? <laughs> I mean, Richard James, actor. That's, oh, fair enough. You know, he's talented yeah. at both, but that's where the real <laughs> love lies. Uh, sorry to pick on you, Richard, says Stephen, but I know you're a good sport. That's just as well. Have a great Christmas and New Year, Stephen Carson from Edinburgh. Well, I, nice, isn't it? I rather enjoyed that one. Yeah, good, good. Uh, do we have time for one more uh, message? Oh, I think so, yeah. Sure. Dear Jamie Richard Chris, says uh, Trevor Knight, uh, as 2022 draws to a close, Santa loads his pod sleigh with presents, hoping Thunderbird 2 will remember to pick it up and not grab the pod carrying the mole in error. And as old father time starts to sharpen his scythe while standing ominously near to Torchy the Battery Boy I wanted to email you to thank you for another year of wonderful podcasts you've kept us richly entertained with news, facts, uh, fun information, guests, randomizers, and all the usual gubbins for 52 brilliant weeks, in addition we've been treated to several fab lives, the Jerry Anderson and Life Uncharted program and tour and the amazing live podcast and standby for action concert in Birmingham what a fab year it's been for Anderson fans everywhere, as a small thank you from me, I offer this Anderson themed Christmas song, Attached to be sung to the tune of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, uh, I'd even be willing to sing it myself if suitably fortified with a sherry and a mince pie hope you enjoy it have all uh, you've all earned uh, well uh, rather and have a well earned and relaxing break except for Richard of course who'll be treading the boards throughout the Christmas season that's he true will be. Uh, have yourselves a very Merry Christmas and a peaceful prosperous prosperous and podcast packed new year all the very best Trevor Knight thanks Trevor Yes, and he sent us his uh, his rendition of the God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Rather fun. Thanks for that. I think, Trevor, you should really make that into a little audio file and pop it up on the podcast group over on Facebook because they'd enjoy that too. Please do, Trevor. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all for now, but do keep them coming in, even over the new year, uh, to podcast at jerryanderson.com and I shall read out your emails next time. All the time after. All the time after. But marvellous. Yeah. Good. There you go. Thank you. Shall we have a very brief... Jerry Anderson News now. Go on then. Okay, here is a brief Jerry Anderson News. It's the Jerry Anderson Newsy, 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 News News Boxing Day edition. Yeah, you should have made that even shorter because it's very, very short. Oh, today. sorry, sorry, brief. Yes, yeah, sorry. It's fine. Brief. So, main sorry. thing, please yeah. do tweet or post on social media with hashtag cheers Jerry Anderson. Do it now, do it immediately mm-hmm. after the pod, whatever you like. Mm. And you can do it multiple times if you want to. Favourite episodes, things you remember as a child, what it means to you, uh, what the name means to you, how you continue celebrating the legacy, any photos you'd like to share. Anything and everything helps remember 
dad remembers helps people remember the Jerry Anderson name uh, you know see more of the shows find a reason to revisit them so you're kind of doing your bit it's not just a sort of saying thanks into the ether it's quite a powerful thing so please do uh, take just a couple of seconds to, to do us a cheers Jerry Anderson post yeah. uh, we look forward to reading those later in the day so thank you in advance uh, lots of stuff coming up next year but just in brief if you are waiting on a shadow technical manual or <gasps> even getting a Moonbase Alpha technical manual, mm-hmm. both of them sold out over the Christmas period. Wow. Ah, wow. Uh, so yep. there's a reprint coming in in January. So we'll have more news on that very shortly. But we hope to have them available from the 20th of January. So it's not long. Uh, and if you are waiting on a delivery that you place before Christmas, an order you place before Christmas, sorry, there's nothing we can do, I'm mm. afraid. It's very, very mm-hmm. frustrating for all of us, but all the Royal yeah. Mail strikes have meant yeah. uh, that lots of stuff has not been delivered. Our customer service team are having a well-deserved break because they've really earned it. They yes. are back on the 4th of January. So if you have something, uh, an issue, don't worry, we'll solve it, but it'll be yeah. in the new year. Yeah. Bear with us. Feel free to send an email in. Uh, if you get a response back saying we've logged your ticket and we'll be in touch then you can rest assured it's in the queue and we'll deal with them in the order in which they arrived but nothing will be lost uh, by you know a few days extra we'll get back to you as soon as we can please bear with us but you know the team deserve a break because they work extremely hard and hopefully in that first week of the new year the backlog will start to clear and anything that hasn't arrived will arrive with you so thanks for your patience and understanding but that's it Oh, Hashtag Cheers Jerry Anderson it is brief. That is. So yeah, that, fair enough. That, as I promised, is the end yeah. of this Boxing Day's very short Jerry Anderson news. Well, that was the news. Very brief news. It's going to be brief over this time of year, though, isn't yeah, it? So that's, that's right. fine. Absolutely. Uh, now, I'm just, while you were doing that, uh, Jamie, I was just browsing the internet. Oh, what? Well, I've just seen a sort of a, a Jerry Anderson esque headline on the BBC website Berlin's giant Aquadom Aquarium containing 1,500 fish, explodes. Oh, no. Yeah, giant aquarium containing a million litres of water in the lobby of the Radisson Blue in Berlin has burst, flooding the hotel and nearby streets. Well, isn't that strange? Yes. Anderson-related floods. That's very much like when we were at Comic-Con and our hotel flooded. Oh, yeah, yes. (laughs) Well, quite, yes. So clearly there's, (laughs) there's something in the air. Yes, you had a fun time, didn't you? Now, talking of fun times, over on our Facebook group, our wonderful Podstrons have been joining in the festive fun and sharing pictures of their merch and their Christmas lists and so on. Rob Doyle posted a picture of his copies of Maybe There, The Lost Stories of Space 1999 Ooh. and Stellar Patrol. Nice. Uh, Rescue 4, saying, I just got back from visiting my parents for a few days and I had these waiting for me. Now, which do I read first? Ooh. Yeah, that's the conundrum, isn't it? That's a tough one, yeah. It is isn't it? Keith Gooch posted a picture of Stellar Patrol and said, just received this through the door about five minutes ago. I didn't think there'd be any delivery today as it was a strike day, so I don't know who delivered it, but I'm grateful. Uh, Keith says, I'm currently listening to the Doctor Who, the War Master, Escape from Reality on CD. So I'm going to see if I can read a Jerry Anderson book and listen to a Doctor Who story at the same time. Sounds challenging. It does, doesn't it? Thomas Keller says, the internet went out, so I've started re-watching UFO. Now, what viewing order is recommended, asks Thomas, because the order oh. on the network Blu-ray seems kind of disjointed. Hmm. Uh, there's a video about this on the YouTube channel. Of course there is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, Joanne Bennett. Now, actually, on that subject, before we move on to Joanne's uh, message, is there any Anderson series that really should be watched in a particular order? 
I suppose, you know, after the pilot episode of, of Space 1999 Breakaway, is there a particular order it should be watched? Or does it really matter? I mean, you, mm. you, you need to deal with the Simmons storyline, really. So all yeah. the Simmons episodes. True. Um, ending with Earthbound, I guess. And then after yes. that, you know, do what you like. Yes, dip in. Yeah. That's what I would do. Just have uh, fun. Yeah, Joanne Bennett, since I've already listened to this week's podcast, I'm out for a chilly and frosty, no snow here, walk, and I'm finally getting round to listening to the new Thunderbirds audio drama. I decided to get dressed up appropriately too, with my Thunderbirds beanie hat and my Thunderbirds Christmas jumper. Oh, that sounds good. Joe Harwood, has it ever been a better time for merch? Thank you, Jerry Anderson Store and 1612, he says. So, uh, obviously, a good Christmas being had there. Uh, Jonathan Spencer, this evening, I am being a bit Christmassy on the Anderson front, and I'm watching Give or Take a Million for some odd reason. Anyway, I have a slight worry about this episode and the future of International Rescue. Nicky has been taken to Tracy Island for Christmas, which is very risky for a few reasons. During his time on the base, he's learned a lot of top-secret information. Firstly, he knows the location of International Rescue's base details of at least one craft mm. another's interior equipment yep. a launch sequence location and the identity of their UK agent. Shouldn't he be given an amnesia pill or probably even be bumped off? He's one dodgy mask away from being a mini hood. Gosh you're, maybe it's a hood origin story in reverse yeah. or something. I'm sure they dealt with him afterwards just <laughs> off screen. Wow. Okay, that went somewhere a bit dark. Uh, Jonathan continues, I'd quickly like to add my give or take a million post uh, by giving my sympathies to John on Thunderbird 5. No turkey, no snow, no carols, no awkward kisses under the mistletoe. Let's take a moment to remember the lone astronaut. Oh, but but maybe some tongue, as we discovered last week. Quite right, yes. And if you uh, didn't hear that last week, you will now wonder what on earth Jamie's talking about. Yeah, but it gives you a reason to go back and listen to Pod 236, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Great. Uh, yeah, there we go. Do keep those uh, emails coming in and do keep uh, posting on our Facebook group. Lovely bunch of people. And, uh, oh, if you're listening on Boxing Day, the day of release of this uh, podcast, remember there is a, a, a Zoom meeting at the Potter's Arms tonight if you're in need of company this Boxing Day evening. So do join that if you wish. Yeah, friendly yeah. folk. Uh, yeah. Nice place to be. So enjoy right. that. Yeah. Uh, now, speaking mm. of friendly folk. Oh, yeah. I would like to welcome back our podcast guest from last week for... The second part of her interview. Was that okay? Oh, uh, would you know? Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. So, well, her name is Genevieve Gaunt. Yes! Uh, you might Genevieve know her as... Wilhelmina Gaunt. Wilhelmina Gaunt. You might well know her as Nero Jones, or possibly as Lady Penelope, or mm-hmm. for any number of other things, including her role in Harry Potter. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, she's a, a lovely, lovely lady, mm-hmm. a talented actor, mm-hmm. audiobook narrator, podcaster, uh, and of course, for Anderson fans, she is our very own Lady P. So, yeah. here is part two of two with Genevieve Gaunt. Now, your, your Lady Penelope is, um, well, noteworthy, I think, in that I think it's the, it is the best Lady Penelope replication I've ever heard. You've thrown yourself into it so beautifully, all the sort of partial sort of uh, roticism type, sort of semi-speech embedment and stuff. Eroticism, Jamie. (laughs) Not eroticism, sorry. I probably should say roticism, (laughs) should I? Is that the correct pronunciation? I don't know. You mean mean the woolly R? Yes, yeah, the the woolly R, exactly. So you you have embodied it so beautifully, I think. So how... How have you done that? If you just, you know, you listen to a couple of sentences and thought, yeah, I've got it and done, nailed it. I don't know. Yeah, I just listen. I try not to overthink it. Just listen. And it's amazing. 
That's it, really. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because when I, I listen occasionally into either the sessions of recording or, or certainly the outtakes and, and bits and pieces, and it's not as if you are, you know, you you give us the words of the script and that is the only time when you truly embody Lady Penelope because then you and John will go completely off script at the end of a scene and chat between one another. And it's the even the, the dialogue that you're ad-libbing is totally 1960s in nature. So, I mean, it, what it, it, are you picturing Lady Penelope in your head as you're doing this? What's the yes. process? Yes, I do find that uh, that the visuals and the supermarination and knowing what it really looked like, mm. I, I have that. I do see it like a film when mm. I'm recording it. Mm. I feel like audio work is you put your the way I, I describe it, which is probably very odd, is that my feet are in my throat. Like I'm <laughs> physically moving around in the world of, I can see it all. I feel yeah. like I'm in a video game. That's fascinating. Yeah. And that, but I mean, it, if, it if works. If you see it, if you see it, then the audience, the audience see it. Yeah. Well, it's in, uh, which one was it? The, in the, in versus the hood in the first uh, comic set your story with the vanishing ray or the vanishing ray as uh, wayne likes to say it there's a bit which we pulled for the trailer where you're you and parker are running and you're saying do hurry parker and there's so much movement in that even when <laughs> even though you're just stood still <laughs> uh and that that so the feet in the throat thing makes perfect sense and that's a what? great description and, so, and, and sometimes it's, it's it's really genevieve moving around like an absolute lunatic in the studio so i think sam <laughs> clemens sometimes takes like sneaky videos of me when i don't realize that he's record he's hmm. he's filming me when i'm having to do some oh i don't know lady penelope is trying to escape somewhere and it's like and then so jump off jump off the ledge shimmy down a rope yeah uh, get you know say hello to a seagull and then you know it's that kind of that kind of thing, and you're like, ah, uh, uh, kind of doing all the doing all the acting stuff, um, yeah. all the physical stuff. Yeah, there's, well, there's a nice thing that people might not know. So I, I recall quite vividly uh, you in Doctor Who Red Planets playing the Russian uh, cosmonaut astronaut on re-entry into uh, maybe it was the martian atmosphere although i don't know how much re-entry buffeting there would be and to get the effect of being buffeted down do you remember you were you had your hands clenched above your head and you were shaking away like that and it was it i mean it looked absolutely bizarre but the the effect was amazing i i could see how committed you were to the real action scenes in that in that moment <laughs> that's so funny yeah we do we, we kind of we run and uh, and 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 when you're doing a not the Penelope, not in the Thunderbirds, but other things when you have like a, a you know you kiss someone. I think it mm. was in I think it was in Red Planets. I also played a I also played an English an English woman, and I and I had a a, a, a romantic story with uh, Elliot Levy. Yes, one the wonderful Elliot Levy. Lovely Elliot. God, can someone be can someone be difficult so that I can. <laughs> slag someone off because well, there's all this lightness i need some shade to make the lightness seem real yeah but I'm you know to think of it's someone. very very interesting i think that i think that these people are brilliant but also very kind and that might be a reason why they're you know why they're um, working so much yeah i think so i think so 
I don't think, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone has time anymore for very difficult, nasty people. No. I've worked um, with, I have worked with a couple in my time. And, yeah. Um, yeah. No, we've got, a very, we've got a very strong no <clears throat> nasty people rule, mm. uh, which we stick to. And I think it works very, very well. Yeah. And we'll continue to stick to that for as long as we can. Uh, well, yeah. forever, ideally. So you, you were going to give me the, uh, the illustration of snogging Elliot Levy, I think, then. Oh, right. Yeah. So it's kind of, you go... So you, it sounds like Very you're just convincing. kissing your hand. So there are two of you standing on opposite sides of the room, smooching your own hand, <laughs> your own palm. Yeah. These are these are great audio secrets, which I'm sure our, our posturons will be thrilled to hear. You are doing very 60s stories. So it's quite, quite unlikely that Lady Penelope is going to be snogging anyone anytime soon, I'm afraid, uh, posturons. You never know. <laughs> but, you know, we are very far away entertainment terms from the 1960s and yet we are telling stories which originated in the 1960s be they are you know uh, novels or comics so do you think they they have a place in the in the sort of current entertainment landscape beyond you know expanding the world for thunderbirds fans right so there's a reason why the stories from thunderbirds are still being told there is something enduring about them and why 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 is that well we love we love stories of spies and of intrigue and of and of danger they're extremely funny and charming and that humor has not dated a bit mm. and in terms of lady penelope having seen the really wonderful and illuminating and touching documentary that you made about your father mm. as as i don't think we should shy away from this subject completely but no. The relationship between your father and Sylvia and the actual creative input, which is so ambiguous, because obviously when two people work together, it's very difficult to know Absolutely. where one person's idea starts and, and, and the other's finishes. Absolutely. However, whoever and whatever that creative process was like, mm. Lady Penelope is certainly as charismatic and as dynamic and as brilliant as a James Bond. Yeah. And so that character and that world and her humor and her her turn of phrase has completely lasted. Yeah. You also love a dynamic duo. Mm. And oh, absolutely. Lady Parker and Penelope who seemingly could not be more different. Yes. <laughs> one, is, one is an ex-con, you know, a cockney boy and the other one is a an aristocratic lady actually are kindred spirits. Yeah. So in some ways, if you analyze it, you could say, wow, how, is, how are these stories from the 1960s, how, how do they speak to us so clearly today? But they, but they do, and that's the joy of, of, of enduring and, and beautiful storytelling is they last, it lasts forever. Mm. And it's a perfect example of that. Beautifully summed up. I, I love that because because we do speak to people and they say, oh, you know, well, sick, this, that's very 60s, it's very old. Do people really care about that? Uh, mm. But we've got listeners to these stories who are, you know, yeah. Some in their in their teens, right through to their seventies, or uh, even older. If you are uh, older than your seventies uh, and you're listening to this, then please do let us know. We'd love to sort of hear yeah. from our our oldest listener. But also, we love we love period drama and the sixties, mm. and especially the visual world of Thunderbirds is very glamorous and exciting, and it's gorgeous. I mean, Lady Penelope's outfits. Yeah, you know, she's cool for danger, and she she dresses like a model and wields a gun. I mean. 
What's not to love? Funnily enough, this is really strange. I don't know if any of you are on, on, on Twitter or if you saw this, but I went to the Clifton Mystery Festival a couple mm. of weekends ago at, uh, at Clifton, which is famous for being for, for the swimming pool on the grounds where John Profumo first set eyes on Christine Keeler coming out of the water. And there's a wonderful literary festival. And, uh, and I was dressed by Chanel and I was wearing this beautiful 60s-esque pink blazer. And I had my hair done in the 60s style. And I thought, oh, it's so funny. I've, I've kind of done an accidental Lady Penelope. <laughs> and uh, then Andrew Clements, who knows everything, about Thunderbird said, well, you never believe it, but Cliveden was the location for the Crichton Ward Manor in the live action movie. Mm. So I'd gone dressed accidentally as Lady Penelope to Cliveden, which was used as the set for the Crichton Ward <laughs> Manor. Isn't that weird? It's it's spooky, but sort of brilliant. And just, you know, how is home, how much you, you, you are Lady Penelope now um, forever. <laughs> So thanks for being well, Sophia there. Sophia Miles was 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 lovely. It's that's yeah, the other so, thing. You, 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 I feel like you just, you know, with all these great all these great parts. I mean, whether it's whether it's Shakespeare or you know Harlequin and Suicide Squad or I don't know Batman or Catwoman or all these great parts. You, you every everyone brings their own style to it, and you and you pass the baton to the next actor mm. to do it. Well, you're sporting the baton. Uh, marvelously so yeah it, it it always gives me a little thrill hearing your penelope lines I, I, in amongst a great cast who do a fantastic job what do you hope for penelope and parker for future iterations i mean are you are you hoping for your own spin-off series or uh just more adventures with the boys or something where where lady penelope takes takes more of a lead what do well we can't probably talk about this but um we were, I'm not sure I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> I'm preparing a, to a, slap your from wrist. A, from, a, from, a, from a creative perspective, mm. um, I've been talking to Jamie and Andrew about, about a couple of things. So watch this, watch this space. Yeah. I think, I think that the, the audio, the audio dramas that we're doing are a wonderful re-enlivening of the originals. And I've been reading I've been reading the original comics and they're just a fantastic way of, of, of expressing that world. And if we can continue to do what we're doing, mm. the fans seem to be enjoying it, which is so important because we don't make this for us. I know that we've had a love in about everyone we're working with, but this is made by the fans. Yeah. It always is. You know, we make it, we make it for you guys. We don't, we, we don't, we don't make it for ourselves. We make it for you guys. And, so and it's an incredibly I'm sure you feel this, Jamie, you know, inheriting this creative mantle. Mm. It, it's it's just wonderful to be able to to do it justice. And I think that the response you've had has been really, really positive. So as long as we can continue to tell these stories, that's great. It's a very flexible and rich world. I'm sure there are loads of things we could do. I mean, if you could make a I don't know, a what what would you call it? Like a like the comics, but brought to life, you know, like in well, that, motion, that motion comics, essentially motion comics, something like that would be stunning. Yeah. I think, I think if you can, you know, do another, another concert, like the standby for action uh, at Birmingham again, that would be, that would be beautiful. Absolutely. I think it's a wonderful way of celebrating these stories. So yes, 
more of the same, I hope. <laughs> Can we please just keep going, essentially? Well, that, that's yes, kind of my please. sentiment as well. Um, there's, yeah. there's lots there's lots we can do. And I've got certainly got some big plans as we head towards 2025, which is Thunderbird's 60th anniversary. Um, oh. So who knows what we'll be, be doing then. Uh, just sort of taking time to leave the 60s behind just for now. I mean, we'll always come back to the 60s in this podcast. And just moving to First Action Bureau. There'll be podsterons, I'm sure, who haven't heard First Action Bureau. And uh, certainly we get emails quite regularly saying, is there going to be more? There will be some more, you know. So it's all subject to availability. We we actually were going to try and get a recording together at the end of last year. And then dear Patterson was off doing noughts and crosses and Sasha was busy doing Doctor oh, Who. Uh, obviously, if Sasha was to come back, I mean, technically he couldn't, could he? But let's see. So uh, that's the beauty of, of <laughs> you know, sci-fi and interplanetary <laughs> worlds. Well, yeah. on the note of sci-fi, if, 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 we can, stuff, if we can fly fast in the speed of yeah. light, and then we can bring people back from the dead. All that things are wonderful. possible. Yeah. All things are possible. So, uh, you know, w- for those who haven't listened to to First Action Bureau, I'm not going to ask you to do a huge plot plot reveal, but w- can you just get anything that you kind of recall about enjoying it, or because you were, I mean, you are you are our lead essentially. Nero Jones, I would say, is a kind of a that's contemporary true. Lady Penelope in in many ways, but absolutely, but slight, with slightly less charm. She <laughs> she doesn't give she doesn't give a monkey's. Mm. I mean, I think underneath all that, there's a very um, quite a a damaged, hurt, mm. tough woman who's had to develop a very uh, hard carapace in order to survive her world. Yes, yes, and. Um, so that that is to be uncovered and to be explored. But I've been talking so much, Jamie. Can you tell listeners a little bit what, what First Action Bureau is about? <laughs> well, First Action Bureau, I, I like to describe it as Killing Eve meets Minority Report. Um, Smashed it. Which I was done. Okay. Anyway, that's that. Thanks yeah. for listening. Yeah, uh, that's that. So, yeah, I mean, I have a funny story about that. So when we when we finished recording, um, I got, a, I got a, a message from Steve Berry saying, we're going to send you some. We're going to send you a a picture from First Action Bureau, and I thought, oh, that's lovely. I thought, oh, you know, A four, A three, put that on my wall. Upturned this huge canvas of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I mean, I've got long arms. Okay, my arms are spread for the purposes of listeners. My arms are spread, so my body's making like a T shape, right? Yes. It was that big. It was huge. Uh, and my boyfriend at the time looked at me, and I think he he didn't realise that it was just a gift. So I think he thought I just ordered what a your own massive face? canvas of my face. <laughs> he, probably he probably didn't even blink blink an eye. Probably thought, yeah, classic actress. But I was like, no, no, I was sent this. And he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I, I, dare I ask where your canvas is now, Genevieve? Have <laughs> you had to hide um, it somewhere? Yeah, I did actually. I, I yeah, I did. I'm not I'm not I'm not one for putting my own photograph up around my flat. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, I understand uh, that. Yeah, it's it, it might be under the stairs. But under I've the still it. That's yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's fine. I mean to, to be fair, uh, Ben uh, Field. Uh, bless him after the documentary gave me that lovely stamped portrait of me and dad and i feel very aw- awkward about putting that on, on my wall uh even though it's you know I, it, the, the the lovely the loveliness behind it um mm. there's a bit there's a weird thing about having your face on the wall so that's fine you can stay under the stairs 
I was thinking when, when you said, what do you hope for more, um, you know, in, in, the, in Thunderbirds, what do you want to do next? Well, there's a running joke with me and Andrew Clements because I always, I always seem to do, whenever we talk, an impression of, the Duchess of Royston, oh, Lady Penelope, dear, oh, dear, I've lost all my money. And he's like, you really want to play her? Year. I was like, maybe. Actually, it was really fun. I, I did a play earlier this year called Ghost of the Titanic. We did it mm. at the Park Theatre and then we took it to the Lyric Belfast. Yes. And uh, Which is why you couldn't get the concert, isn't it? Technically. Which is why I couldn't be there in person. I had to so. be there on the big screen instead. Mm. And um, But yeah, Andrew came and I said, Chris. So that was. Uh, yeah, that was fun. We're one one big happy family uh, as that continues. Mm. Well, I, I mean, I'm hoping we see some more some more stuff for Lady Penelope and Parker. I, I think mm. you know you've been, you've now been on some rescues uh, as we work our way through these TV twenty one comic adaptations. There's plenty of stuff from Lady Penelope comic. I'm hoping we can do some more bits and pieces. And like I said, I've got some big plans as we head towards 2025. So watch this space and let's see what happens. Uh, mm. Genevieve, if uh, listeners would like to find you on social media where can they do that well i'm on instagram and twitter my instagram handle is genevieve underscore gaunt and on twitter i think i'm genevieve w gaunt because you my are. middle name is wilhelmina great yeah, can you believe that genevieve wilhelmina gaunt uh, yeah, I'm half Dutch, half Scottish, and I think both my Scottish and my Dutch grandmothers were called Wilhelmina. So that's that explains that. But you don't need my life story. Um, <laughs> oh, I quite like it, though. Uh, in fact, you just reminded me, before I do let you go, you're, I, I am not the only one with some sort of sci-fi heritage in a parental way. Is ah, that right? right. So this is, this is fun. I, I always think that everyone knows this already, but I don't think no, they do. No, I don't think they do. So... Um, so, so Colin Baker is uh, is my godfather, and the other day, so he has four gorgeous daughters, and the youngest, Rosie, Rosie Baker, was on the same Doctor Who audio drama as me. But when I got the script, it didn't have the cast on the front, so mm. I had no idea. So you know, I turned up, and there was Rosie, and it was a, it was it was so lovely. It was absolutely lovely. It's not a, it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. So Doctor Who is your godfather, essentially. Esen- essentially, yes. In That's fact. amazing, isn't it? I'm, I'm yeah. jealous. <laughs> there you go. Uh, on that note, Genevieve, thank you so much and continue being uh, FAB, obviously. And um, I can't wait for Lady Penelope's next adventure. You are so very, very welcome, Jamie. Thanks. Oh, she's hmm. so lovely. Isn't she, though? Uh, such a joy to work with. And, yeah, uh, bags you know, of talent she, as well. Absolutely. And she's also very kind about all of us that uh, get to work with her as well. So yeah. what's not to like? Anyway, look, yeah. Genevieve, as we said, plays Lady Penelope in Thunderbirds Fire and Fury and uh, Thunderbirds vs. the Hood and all of her other Thunderbirds audio adventures. She sings as Penelope in uh, Stand By for Action. The Jerry Anderson concert. She does, yes, that's right. Oh, Parker. Yes. Uh, Parker, well done. It's a lovely performance. And her podcast is The Cupid Couch. Um, mm-hmm. Best for grown ups, I would say. Yeah. Uh, you can go to her, her website, genevievegaunt.com, or follow her on Twitter at Genevieve W. Gaunt. 
or Instagram, Genevieve underscore Gaunt. And do go and say some nice things to her and tell her what yeah. you think of her Lady Penelope, which I think absolutely. is absolutely blooming marvellous. Yeah, it's spot on, isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely. There we go. Very good. Uh, now, uh, it's Boxing Day. It is. Uh, you know, it's a bit of a anticlimax, isn't it, after all the festivities of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Yeah, so it if you're at a like loss yeah, of things uh, to do, uh, well, why not head over to the Jerry Anderson YouTube channel? Yes. All sorts to bury your head in there. Millions You'll be gone for hours. Yeah. Yep. For example, well, pod 235. People have been commenting underneath uh, from a couple of weeks have ago. They? Ian Dealey, yeah, says, I think Richard James does a fantastic impersonation of Patrick Stewart. Uh, yes, there are lots of people <laughs> thought you were very good, didn't they? Yeah, that and Terry Wogan, of course, says Ian. Ah, yes, the old Wogan. Well, uh, uh, Armand <laughs> Reese says, This podcast is informative, humorous, and on occasion, amazing. Oh, only on occasion, though. Well, that's fair enough. Better than never, uh, though. Yeah. The presenters, Jamie, Richard, and Chris, keep one's attention with warm tones in their speech. Plus, oh. I mean, Jerry Anderson. Ah, what more can a fan since Fireball XL5 ask for? Keep on keeping on, gentlemen. We'll be listening. Cheers, mates. And that's from Arwen Reese. Oh, thank nice. you very much. What a lovely note. Uh, Rick, the reselling Jawa, posted, <laughs> Wow, what a great Patrick Stewart impression. Well done, Richard. Make it so. Ha ha. Uh, oh, and dear. finally, Rog Tronics posted, quite simply, Great. Oh, well, well, we'll take that, won't we? Or did they just mean your impression? Right. Oh, well, probably the whole podcast, I would say. Oh, well, that's yeah. nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's no, nice, Your, isn't your it? Patrick Thanks Stewart was very, very good. I mean, you were, know. you know, you were a bit sort of, you know, oh, it's, it's, it's not very good, really, but it is. It was very good. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks. Well, you it's sound a one-time like, only airing. No, you sound like more like Patrick Stewart than Patrick Stewart does these days, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. That's yeah, right. No, great, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, any more, or would you like to hand no. over to our... Yes, tertiary co-host yes, I would because we know what's coming don't we and I'm excited uh, for it of course now in case you're wondering it is the randomizer but obviously this week is not random because last week on the randomizer Chris picked Space Precinct the Fire Within which is a two-parter and by the rules of the randomizer we do the first episode of a two-parter and then the second one it doesn't become random because otherwise they would, we chop and change and mix things up too much yes. does that all make sense yes it does yes Good. I'm sure Chris will probably explain that again but just wanted you to be sure so here it is the not random randomizer Space Precinct, The Fire Within Part 2. Last time on The Randomizer. We hereby consecrate this temple to the spirit of pyrism, flame without end. Let it be so. Let it be so. There is a traitor in our midst. A woman pointed a finger and a man burst into flames. I'd say that was out of the ordinary. Tendo Kaliki was purified by the eternal flame. In his heart, he betrayed us, and his heart betrayed him. Obviously, there is something going on at that temple. I've decided to put some people in there and find out what it is. You all know my daughter, Samina? Hey, no problem. Working undercover or undercovers is my specialty. No! Lane's a good cop. He knows what he's doing. Nice likeness. Wouldn't you say, Officer Haldane? Please, give me the chance to redeem myself. Don't! Please! And now, the conclusion. So, welcome back everybody to the conclusion of The Fire Within. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas, because as I as I record this, if my maths are right, I should say, this has gone out on uh, December 26th, 2022. So, Christmas was yesterday, I hope you had fun, and it's quite, uh, quite appropriate that we should be doing The Fire Within around Christmas, because I seem to remember 
that it was uh, suggested to certain broadcasters that this would make a good like a Christmas special or a Thanksgiving or Halloween type special. This isn't a temple, it's a damn roach motel. Yeah, nobody here gets out alive. But we're back to the temple because, well, as you may recall, if the uh, cliffhanger recap didn't remind you, Samina was set on fire and fell off a cliff. Uh, I don't think the Space Precinct gang know about this yet. A clear violation of our religious freedom, Captain Parsons. One of my officers is missing. As far as they're concerned, she's just missing. The ones who reported it. We reported an initiate missing. And that does not give you the right to turn our temple upside down. So sue me! Please, please. And I was just trying to remember as the opening titles played out there, I was trying to remember if this was the very first was posing as a member of TV cliffhanger that I ever saw. I mean, in terms of, like, grown-up uh, TV... And I think it, it it isn't. I was just looking on uh, Genome. What a wonderful resource Genome is uh, to check the listings of um, BBC, or transmission dates, I should say, of BBC shows. And I think it was probably the second. We've sent for him. So, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, which I just got into about a year or so earlier. Um, Time's Arrow, I think, might have been the first uh, grown-up drama cliffhanger that I ever saw. Sister Kilmer, or whoever she was, Seemed like a good person. Oh, yes. There's the computer guy saying, uh, oh, she's so nice. Stop talking about Samina in the past tense. And it's, um, I mean, it's something you can always say about this show, but particularly this episode. Jerome Willis. What happened to my daughter? Is a phenomenal presence throughout this, this episode. I already have. Oh, what's gone wrong? My brothers and sisters that I was a police officer. Before or after Samina disappeared. Oh, wait a minute, Captain. Some wonderful, uh, uh-oh facial, facial expressions from uh, Ted Shackelford and Simone Bendix there. I'm resigning from the force. Oh, no. What? You can't be serious. And it's absolutely believable, at, at least at this point. I'm not quite sure I understand it myself, and I, I don't know what to say, except... I don't know if that's credit to Rob Youngblood or the fact that the actors around him are doing such a you-can't-be-serious... A set of expressions. We do not know what happened to Samina. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go and pray to Agora for her safe return. Yeah, even Orin and Romek, they can't believe it. But yeah, J Jerome Willis throughout this episode. This, I mean, he's fantastic through the whole series, but this is probably my favourite performance of his through the whole show. Castle. Nobody on the street knows nothing. Hey, Ziplode. At least not about uh, Padley's daughter. What are you saying, Ziplode? The only missing cop anyone's talking about is Haldane, you know. I love, I like, I like Ziplo quite a lot, and it's yeah. nice that there's, um, it, that what is going on among the space precinct regulars is kind of filtering into the outside world, probably just via Ziplo. To every police agency on Demeter, as well as the data bank at Interplanetary. I assume you checked the. I also love, uh, and it's, it's probably a good time to mention it. Um, the fact that this is this is another John Glenn directed episode. They are so good, and he was such an asset to this series. I've got to say, I I'm a I'm a huge James Bond fan, and I think his run of films that he did for the for the Bond franchise are among my favourites. And I know he directed um, little bits before he became you know the director. Don't worry, guys. I'm a cop 26 hours a day. Remember? But you know he directed the two Dalton films. They're my absolute favourite. For Your Eyes Only is is that Bond film I'm sure every Bond fan has got where you really love it but you can't explain why. Octopussy is a film I want to like more than I do and A View to a Kill is so silly that it's glorious fun. So yeah, it's just wonderful to see to see that name. It must, it adds such a level of prestige to the show. With that cowboy, 
Captain, we don't know for sure that there's a connection. Oh, come on, Brogan. Even you must believe in this coincidence. And wonderful directorial touches there, like starting the scene of Brogan and... Of yeah, Brogan and Podley walking up the stairs towards Podley's office, from inside Podley's office. For discussion, Lieutenant. As far as my wife is concerned, Samina is still in New Hawaii. Ah, he hasn't told her. I'm not interested in what you think. I'm interested in finding my daughter. Now get out of my office and do it! And of course, if um, I'm crediting Jerome Willis for a superb performance, you also have to credit uh, Christine Glanville, who I, I gather was Jerome's regular uh, animatronics puppeteer, for lack of a better term. Uh, the, some of the expressions she gets out of that mask in this episode are just sublime. The, the fact that you have this, this essentially a barrier between the actor giving the performance inside the suit and what emotions are being realised on the face, but the two of them are working in such close harmony and delivering genuine, credible emotion. Um, I mean, let's be honest, sometimes a bit in, ex in not in ex excess, but a bit you know, a level up from what the some of the human actors are doing. It's incredible, and more on that later. Anywho, in the Pyrus Temple, having another little uh, sermon. Oh, the flame has gone out. What's this? <gasps> Alien three-headed snake thing. Ah, oh, yes. Some of the congregation are fleeing. Some of them are praying to Igora. And uh, yes, there was another close-up on a, a, a blonde-haired lady. More on her later. Fire serpents. Oh no! Brothers and that's enough for those uh, those two. Oh, that was the one that um, Haldane was romancing last week, I believe. Sikatuk, you saw them. The fire turned to serpents. The earth ruptured. And so the people knew the world would be cleansed. Tuck's reading him with her third eye. Making no secret of it. It's madness. I don't know if maybe at this point she knows that he's. Maybe he's saying to her, you know, I am okay. Just, just play along. Or maybe she's doing that Councillor Troy thing where I can't read him. It's too difficult to read. It was never meant to be taken at face value. Now you know that, Sister Nevik. Then how do you explain the omens, my Icar? And speaking of great performances, again, I think we mentioned Lisa Orgolini last week. I'm not sure I, I mentioned Jack Headley. Megalon Seven, did he not? Yeah. And it's it's again another very believable, very credible performance of this this religious man who finds his authority being undermined and he returned here with serpent's eggs. And he's he's, you know, almost fighting a one man battle against the sinister forces at work in his church here. Congregation. Charger serpents are the most deadly reptiles in the universe. There was no danger. He knew that the serpents would die once they were exposed to our atmosphere. Another convenient little miracle. But to what end? To discredit me, of course. No miracle, it was a plot perpetrated by Calamandro and by you. Oh. Again, it's, it's another great credit to the show, a great asset that you have. Really good actors like this. You're senile old fool. Cropping up fairly regularly. Oh, evil, and you have like, great directors in John Glenn. You have some superb, uh, often superb, sometimes a little dodgy, uh, model effect stuff. And yet, it's just, if there was a bit more budget kind of thrown on the sets um, maybe if the, if the world didn't look as drab as it sometimes does I think it's it's that that lets it down and I'm sure you know no no uh, accusations being leveled at the set designers or anything here I'm sure it's just a, a money issue oh. as I'm as I understand was was quite a, a frequent issue on the set of space precinct hmm 
And Samina. How are Podley and Fama holding up? Okay, under the circumstances. I think I'll call Fama tomorrow and see if she needs anything. Uh, I wouldn't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, here we go. Famine doesn't know about Samina's disappearance yet. I know what you're thinking, but this is part... This is another nice little scene, although it does allow Sally to go a bit Sally. So if Liz or Matt were missing, would you tell me? It's ridiculous. Come on, I want to know. Would you tell me? Yeah, of course. And about that, honey, um, they're okay. Probably should tell his wife. If you have a problem, you should share it. Yeah. Sally, did you ever consider becoming like a radio talk show host? You're listening to SBFM, where I will lecture you on your failures and follies until your ears are bleeding from boredom. Oh, the um, scared ladies came back to the congregation. And there's that lady again in the, the extras, the congregation, the blonde-haired lady who's clearly an alien because she's got this sort of uh, uh, swept-up eyebrow ridges. Trial by fire. Again, I'm mentioning her for a specific reason. We will come back to her. Anywho, it's now time for another walking across the fire scene. Now, Sister Nevik is going to go first. I never wanted this, but as Igor is my witness, I have no choice. I don't know if it's explained in the show how they managed to walk through the fire without catching fire, as in their clothes. Uh, I know that uh, certainly some people do not make it through the fire without going up in flames. Um, not that I'm sure that's going to happen here. I'm sure everyone's going to get through here fine. But yeah, at this point, Sister Nevik stops. Icar, the flames are fine. While standing in the fire and it doesn't catch her. Anywho, that's enough for um, the Icar Vedra to give it a go. And even as he steps onto the burning coals, you can see in his eyes he doesn't expect to make it to the other side. And there's the computer guy watching uh, uh, Brother Calamandro stroking his chin, which is a signal to turn on the deadly laser beam. As the Archivedra gets to the middle of the fire and whoa, he's gone up in flames. He went up quite quickly compared to the um, uh, the last guy, uh, Brother Tendall. Some fairly grisly uh, there is justice in the fire. burned remains there. Behold, our new Icar Vedra! Oh, Sister Nevik. Again, that wonderful music. Those wonderful vocals in this music here. So, Sister Nevik has seized control of the temple and the congregation. What will she do with them? You what was expected of you when you took the job, officer? Yes, sir. But now you find yourself between a rock and a hard place, is that it? I'm having trouble reconciling my pirate beliefs with my duties as a police officer. Well, get over it! <laughs> That's the limit of the HR department in this station. Took. Just get over it! Sir, I... I'm not taking you off the case. Lieutenant, I've already... Ah, it's the judge. Roll dubious search warrant. Uh, I think he was in um, Protect and Survive. Turned up anything illegal. He's a tarn judge, and you can tell I think it's the same mask because he's got a lot of curly hair. Your Honor... The Icar Vedra himself was burned to death there last night. Oh, I've seen the statements from the witnesses. Oh, don't go on, sir. People burn to death all the time. His own volition. I don't believe this. My concern is what the pirists believe. 
the freedom to follow one's spiritual path is a fundamental guarantee of the Altorian Constitution. <laughs> Even if they all go up in flames. There's going to be precious few of them left to enjoy that particular freedom. I'd watch my tongue, Lieutenant, if you ever expect to get a sympathetic hearing in my court again. Good day. Hmm. Well, that didn't go well. I noticed Slow-Mo tried to give Brogan some paper. This isn't for me, Slow-Mo. What's with you, anyway? Oh, and Fredo doesn't need it either. New program, new glitches. So, something's wrong with slow-mo. It's a minor point, but it does tie into the wider story. And I do wonder if I'm making too much of this sort of, you know, that's a little, little, another little note, keep you know, paying attention. But it, I do feel this is a story that rewards re-watching and paying close attention Our witness. in a way that not many do. Um, we'll get back to that, because here we are with... The tramp guy from the end of last week. Ziplo turned him to us. Name's Doric Keister. Lives out by Demeter Bay. Says he saw something. Could have been Samina. Yeah. Yes, this is another a Wayne Forrester character. And I'm telling you, I did. Huh? And he's he's not uh, he's not dubbed. Thankfully, this is his own voice coming out of this mouth, and it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful character. It's a just this one-eyed tramp guy who's clearly uh, got a bit of a, a taste for the drink. Okay. Okay. I was coming back, see, from my job. I got a job, you know. I collect trash. I turn it in. And I seen her. I seen her. <laughs> yes, Oren and Romek have to keep plying him with drink to get the answers out of him. But it, I just love this this guy. It's a, it's a lovely performance and a lovely design. I told old Ambry, I mean, I ain't ever seen nothing like it. Like what? <laughs> And it's the expression on the face as well when he keeps folding his arms saying, that's enough, I've said enough for now. You have to give me a bit more incentive here. Mm. Yeah, I think so. A picture of Samina. Confirmed that was her. Flame, she goes screaming, see, like a damn siren. And then he pushes her off the cliff, see. And down and down she goes. Splash! I also love how enthusiastic he is about this horrible thing that he saw. And then splashing into the bay. Who pushed her? The guy I seen was human. I want some grub. You promised me I could have some grub if I... Don't worry, pal. We got you covered. Do you recognize him in any of these photos? More of the uh, security heavies from around the temple. Look again! And now Podley is forcing the booze down his throat. He's that desperate. Yeah, that's him. How they? Yeah, that's the guy I seen. And more great responses from everyone there. I love how wide-eyed and... and just startled Orin is by that. Hey, I know what I've seen, all right? I tell you, that's the guy. Potley's heard enough of this. Come on. And that's that's the last we get with Doric Keister. He's a lovely character, and he's only in that one scene. Or two scenes, rather. I want divers to search every inch of Deborah Bay. Call the judge. Oh, not him again. I want an arrest warrant issued for Jack Haldane. On suspicion of murder. He'll just go, people murder each other all the time. I'm far too busy. Again, I'm just sitting here watching this and thinking, the music is, is just wonderful. Uh, I, know, I know this show, like most Anderson shows, did reuse a lot of music from previous episodes, but there was a lot composed for this one as well, I think. Certainly the, the choir stuff was. It's just, everyone's at the top of their game with this, this two-parter. It's quite incredible. Um, I... I I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. I may as well say it now, but I do think this is probably the the pinnacle of the series. Death Watch as a two-parter is still is still strong, 
but the fact that it wasn't created as a two-parter this place will be our salvation well it kind of works against it because it is more like uh, you know two unconnected episodes kind of smushed together whereas this is one it is actually a two-part story it's it's got enough um story material to fill that lane this form it's useless haldane is now being shown by brother calamandro who seems now to trust him and interacts with the mineral hydrogen molecules separate from the oxygen creating a self-sustaining air supply he's being shown the cave of winds your old friends are right on time where he can hide from the police because nobody goes down there it's where they will survive when the day of immolation comes and it will come three cruisers landing at the temple now and the temple looks lovely at night I also think it looks lovely during the daytime they must have done some filming it under the real sky there's some some of those I don't know what you call it when you have the sky accelerated so it's just rolling past the clouds are just you know scooting past um, but I think some of that must have been shot outside. But it's a lovely model. And there we go. Haldane's found a way out via the sewers, leading straight to a police cruiser. His belongings, and he disappeared sometime during the night. Are you sure this isn't another one of your immaculate deceptions? You must be under a lot of stress, Captain. I can understand the burden you're carrying. Can you now? Yep. Captain, we're in Haldane's room. He's long gone. Keep searching. Tear the place apart room by room if you have to. What will it take? Check all the female bedrooms. It's bound to be in there somewhere. Miss Brock. Now Brogan has noticed footprints leading towards a door. It's a little peculiar that people around here keep dying or disappearing. I find it peculiar that the world is about to end and you people think nothing of squandering your few remaining days on a wild goose chase. Captain, I found something. You might want to join us, Miss Nevick. Yes, footprints leading towards a closed door. Another miracle, no doubt. Oh, footprints of the dust from the Cave of Winds, I believe. When the day of emulation occurs, we Pyrus alone will survive here in our Cave of Winds. All I'm saying is Haldane wouldn't commit cold-blooded murder. And a lovely integration here of live action and model footage. Captain? Someone's stolen Romex cruiser. Yeah, of Castle of inside Castle and Took's cruiser as the cruiser in front of them takes off and swoops over the, the, the top of their canopy. The day of immolation may have to be brought forward. Ooh, she's so sinister. She's so evil, I love it. Again, wish wish she'd had more of a career. It's it's a lovely performance here, and uh, it was one of the last she did on, on screen, I think. Uh, can we get back to you on that one, Captain? Yeah, it's Orin and Romex cruiser that's been stolen. Are they, there's a, a model shot that's unfortunate. I think they tried to get away with putting some smoke over it and it doesn't quite work. Um, so Orin and Romek's cruiser has been stolen. Castle and Took have taken off after them. Now Brogan, Podley, Orin and Romek are going off after them. And it still leaves one police cruiser on the ground. For the tip. Because they're reusing the footage of uh, Haldane's cruiser taking... Oh, Orin and Romek's cruiser being piloted by Haldane taking off earlier. And this is something we haven't seen for a while around Demeter City. These huge multi-screen dirigible things. Lost him, Captain. Keep tracking! Lost it! <laughs> Almost a swear word, but not quite. Yes, he's landed his uh, cruiser on the... Amigos. ...on the dirigible thing. Copy, Lieutenant. Heading back to the station. What the hell's the idea of counting by orders, Lieutenant? 
Haldane's gotta be listening in. I thought I'd give him a reason to relax. Now let's go check out that tanker. Ah, tanker, yes. Similar to the one from Deadline. All off the hunt? Not the Brogan I know. Oh, yep, he takes off and instantly Brogan's on the tr on the on the tail of his cruiser. Cannons? <laughs> Captain. You can't. I'm responsible for my own actions, Lieutenant. He's going all Colonel White on them. Gonna shoot down Haldane. Cannon locked on target! Brace yourself! Well, there was a bit of steam. Knocked the cruiser a bit. Again, it's a lovely, a very well-directed sequence. Yeah, we can stand to lose some dead weight around here. So the cruiser has weight capacity that exceeds the four seats. It's over. Oh. You think this would be a good time to ask him for a raise? I don't like that bit. I really, really don't like that bit. I've never liked that bit. I, I love Orin and Romek, but I think even they would draw the line at being silly knowing that Podley's daughter is dead. Never liked that bit. Hey! I knew I could outfly you. Brogan's now arrived home. You're under arrest for the murder of Samina Podley. Easy, partner. Easy. Patrick, wait. Stay out of this, Sally. You have the right Don't to... lecture me on this, Sally. I waive the right. Extenuating circumstances. Oh, and here it comes. What? Like me. Oh, there she is. In a very smart suit thing, and she does this very nice head tilt. So like, you know, here I am. Ah, oh, it's a lovely moment. Model Sister Nevik's miracle juice. <laughs> okay. Ah. So you had the flame retardant, but pushing her off the... Well, that might explain uh, why the clothes don't catch fire, though. We didn't have that many options. Anyway, she was a jock in college. Hell of a plan, Haldane. <laughs> Jocks in college can survive being pushed off cliffs while on fire. Yeah, I don't quite buy the explanation, but I'm glad she's okay. She's a lovely character. I think I said that last time. I... I can't remember who's playing her. Bring unto your eye car. It's it's obviously a different, you know, person inside the costume to who's doing the voice, but they both gel really, really well. Which we now know to be found only in the pure. Oh, that's a Clyburn in the congregation there. Renounce the material world and be set free. And Sister Nevik has now uh, taken on the robes of the Icarvedra. The end is coming and that all will be destroyed save those few who make the sacrifice. They alone will find refuge in the Cave of the Winds, preparing for life in the new, purified world. Let it be so. Let it be so. I think I said last time how, how credible and believable I find this whole setup, but it's not just the idea of a, of a, a fire-worshipping cult, which, as I said, I'm sure is a real thing somewhere in the world, but the, the little intricate bits of how this world of the church is is assembled, the hierarchy of, of personnel and the, you know, the... What you can do is tell Podley she's okay. The stories and the beliefs and so on, it's, it's really nice. Surely you don't think Podley's the spy. That's not the point. If Podley finds out Samina's all right, his whole demeanor will change. And then whoever the spy is, is gonna know that something's up and Haldane's a dead man. Oh yeah, because we have a spy at the station, don't we? Would feel. Nobody finds out about Samina until Haldane's out of harm's way. Which is the right call, I suppose, but... There's something wrong if you've got to be a lousy person to be a good cop. Yeah, it's, this is one of those moments where the Brogan-Sally conflict thing is genuinely... They've, they've both genuinely got good good points and the good views. There is no easy answer. Morning, Lieutenant. 
and Romek gets blanked. All right, people, we know the pirates are selling their possessions and taking the proceeds to the temple, and we can't do a thing about it. But what we can do is to make certain that Nevik Brock doesn't get our hands on any of it. I want every vehicle leaving that temple to be searched. And let me deal with the consequences. Ooh, Fredo has a, uh, a pink piece of paper to show him. Ooh, serious paper time. It's walk away sadly time with the pink paper. Coastal patrols called off the search. They say if there was a body, certainly been washed out to sea. Oh, and Podley just plods up the stairs so slowly, so broken-heartedly. I guess those pirates are bringing a new meaning to the term fire sale, huh? Yeah, but it looks like the only one's getting burned to them. Uh, Ixnay, come on. It's okay. I got burned too. Oh. And this is just tragic. Podley in tears. Patrick. Holding the picture of his daughter. I have to tell Fama that our daughter is dead. And she'll never forgive me. Oh, God. Even the, the, the breathing of the chest that you would do when you're crying, you know, when your breathing is interrupted. It's all so genuine and so believable. So Brogan has to tell him, of course. Spies knew about the search warrant and very likely everything else we were planning. Yeah, who's this spy? Of all, how Dane and Samina being undercover in the first place. Well, it's got to be someone fairly high up on on the station. Person who had access to our later work knew about how Dane and Samina's assignment. Uh, yeah. Oh, Patrick. Fama, yeah, he's right here. Thank you. Hi, sweetheart. I just dropped in on Brogan to go through some reports. Oh, he's all happy again. Two hours ago. You know how run down you've been lately? Well, I'm feeling much better now. Hey, happy Podley is nice Podley. Police work really seems to suit me. Well, just try not to outstay your welcome. Okay. Night, sweetheart. Night. Aww. And for a one-episode character, again, the relationship between Podley and Famer is quite genuine and believable. It's got every single person who had access to the operation from beginning to end. Yeah, I just keep thinking we've missed something. But you're right, it's every person. Every person? Ah. What is it? That's put the idea in his head. There was one member of the squad that wasn't present when you assigned Haldane and Samina. Hmm. Your wife's going to have to wait a little bit longer. Someone who doesn't count as a person. It's slow-mo! Anomalous, Lieutenant Brogan. You are not an authorized mechanic. Slow-mo was the spy. He is now, slow-mo. So they're opening him up at what seems to be night because everyone's gone home, which I always found really odd. It's, it happens a couple of times in Space Precinct. There doesn't seem to be a night shift. Slow-mo. Everyone just kind of goes home and leaves Fredo to it. Negative, Lieutenant. It would appear to be a GA-197 voice-activated microchip recording device. How did that get inside me? That is a question I shall be asking your RSA mechanic, Slobo. Ah, and here we, we've come to the point where I was saying keep you know, keep watching, keep waiting, uh, while the pirates are uh, donating the last of their possessions to the Icar Vedra, uh, we can discuss the Slomo's engineer. Thank you, Bill. Because I think I mentioned last week, there was a brief shot, an establishing shot of the interior of the station house where you can see Slomo being worked on by an engineer in the background. That engineer is a member of the congregation. And it's, it's the blonde lady that I mentioned earlier with the sort of sloping eyebrows. In fact, she just walked past the camera there. 
That is, I think, a superb example of crediting your audience with enough intelligence that you can sneak something like that into part one that doesn't pay off until part two. It's just a generic establishing shot. Here's an extra doing something in the background. Why would you be looking at the extras? But if you look at the extras, incineration is more like it. You get the full explanation of what happened. I think it's brilliant. Don't do anything till we get there. Yes, that that uh, technician lady, among others, has gone into the Cave of Winds. They are preparing for the Day of Immolation. They tried to kill my daughter. Podley's not having any of this. It's time to saddle up, lock and load, put on the belt, bring out his magic guns, of which he has two. Oh, yes. Double holstered. He's not having any of this. Yes, the, um, the, the congregation have been ushered into the Cave of Winds. Good. The flock has been fleeced. It's time to get ready. They've donated all of their possessions and they now wait in there for salvation after the Day of Immolation. Communications on the police band. They're headed this way. Well, this is one time the cavalry will be too late. Let's get going. And here we go, another fantastic reveal. You are sweet, Jack. You really don't have a clue what's happening, do you? That's okay. You don't need to know. Yes, the con is now being revealed, and I just love this entire sequence. I think it's so clever, this reveal, that the temple is not just a temple, it's a spaceship. And it had been mentioned last week, at the very beginning, actually, that this was a new temple, newly designed. And, yep, the the, the benches of the congregation would sit on are um, take-off couches. Blast it! We're too late! And the organ is a control panel that slides out into the middle of the room with levers and joysticks and buttons and such. Oh, and it's just, yeah, there go the supports. Believe it. Well, it's about time. Your faith is stupid. Having belief in something higher than yourself is just wrong. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure Took gets the support she needs during all this, but um, anywho, press that key. Uh, Captain, we're not very secure here. What's the plan? Can I get back to you on that one? They've released the supports from the rocket. Sure. Stay close. They've sealed the doors. And they're preparing for takeoff. And it's just it's just brilliant. Uh the, the, even the the flames that were on the outside of the temple now rotate. They are you know, takeoff thrusters. It's just a genius idea, and it comes out of nowhere. You don't look at the temple in part one and think, oh, yeah, of course, that's a spaceship, obviously. It's a brilliant twist, and it's so, it's so out there that they would just, this you know, church would set up, con all its people out of all their money, and then just literally take off in the church, ready to go to another planet or something. It's just insane, and yet brilliant. If they won't move, carry them out! So, our heroes are escorting the, the congregation out of the, the Cave of Winds. Get these people out of here! Some of them are checking their daskals to see if this is covered in there. Yeah, it does sort of paint the picture of... Uh, unfortunately, it does paint the picture of... Uh, if you believe in religion, well, you know, not going to say you're, you're silly or anything, but uh, maybe you're a bit silly. Brother K! Uh, you know, I forgot. Isn't this uh, the way to the bathroom? Yeah, nearly got everybody out of the Cave of Winds. We've got to do that because uh, it's a very oxygen-rich atmosphere down there. Blow the, roof, it's shot. the rocket will Mark, set up for ignite the oxygen. Mark. 
So now we're going to set off explosives in there instead to blow the roof to get access to the temple. But there's Calamandra and Haldane on the other side of the door. That's an easier way to get into the temple. Punching time. Calamandro's out. The door, Castle's in the temple. Podley's in the temple. Brogan's in the temple. Haldane's in. Shut the door. Kablooey! And we have Temple Liftoff. Oh, it's a fantastic image. It's just so, so silly and yet so believable. They've done such a good job setting up this whole, this whole environment and community. And of course, because our heroes are not strapped in, they are experiencing, well, everyone's experiencing the, uh, the old G-force pressures of, uh, well, it's an industrial fan blown on the actors' faces, I believe. Okay, you're all safe now. Okay, yeah. So Orin, Romek, and Took are stuck on the ground. Everyone else is in the temple, hurtling into space. Yeah, it's, t it's just taken a sudden turn into absolute lunacy, which I am completely here for. It's, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful image of this flying temple. And here comes Podley. And there goes Podley. I love the way he comes blundering in with both his guns and just instantly gets taken out. And it's great as well that because, you know, this is a temple, <laughs> um, as it's moving and or being operated by uh, Sister Nevik, or the Archivedra, I should say, as the temple is being rocked backwards and forwards, the actors are all sliding around all over the place. It's fantastic stuff. And what's this? Slow-mo has noticed the rocket from the station house window. I wasn't aware of any intergalactic launches today. Ah, Brother Calamandro is recovering the microwave laser thingy that uh, he used to set fire to, uh, well, the original Icarvedra and Brother Tendal. Ooh. Yeah, this, this shootout between the, uh, the the police and the the bodyguard guys in the temple is so cool because every time the rocket shifts people are falling and sliding and it's it's so well directed and so cleverly done and now the temple rocket is hurtling straight towards the police station because why not i believe there's something odd you should be aware of there is a, a flying temple heading straight for us yeah sister nevik has suddenly decided that she'd uh She'd rather die taking out the police station. And she will die. Oh, tech guy will die first. Calamandro avenges the tech guy by shooting her in the back with a laser. But Haldane gets in first. Oh, dear. I don't know why Nevik didn't go up in flames there. I guess she was protected by the chair, maybe. Oh, blood. So Calamandro slides down the wall. I do like this as well. It's just, again, we've gone into total lunatic territory here with the station the alarm for collision stations. being menaced by a flying temple of all things. Again, it does make you think, maybe the station should have some kind of weapons in situations like this. I don't think they do. Of course, it comes to Brogan to uh, save the day. If he can only get Sister Nevik's hand off the controls. Yeah. But... You know, even though she's nearly dead, she won't let go of the, the lever. Yeah. Ah, there she goes. So, Brogan has got to stop the temple from crashing into the station, pulling the lever towards him as hard as he can to uh, turn the uh, the thruster jets. Oh, and it gets so close. I love this shot of Fredo and the other police officers just looking out the window as the thing just narrowly misses them, swoops overhead. Ooh. 
I think I'll take the rest of the night off. Yes, well, he's a, he, he seems to be the only one who's here permanently, uh, well, aside from slow-mo. I guess the party's over. Aww. Oh, poor Sister Nevik. All she wanted to do was fleece everybody and then kill everybody. <laughs> uh, anybody think they know how to fly this thing? That's a good question. Well, I've never flown a temple, but I've always had an ear for music. Yeah. And, it's, and it's to the actor's credit, I think, that they they go along with this idea of the flying temple so credibly. And wouldn't you know it, Haldane manages to land the temple back on its original site. It's at a wonky angle, but he did it. Press this key. Whoa. <laughs> More Orin and Romek silliness? Itself? It wasn't quite that easy, Romek. I think he had to play a real tune or something. What, like a fly me to the moon? <laughs> no, like a light my fire. <laughs> <laughs> when you two are through discussing the finer points of music theory, perhaps you'd care to give Took and Castle a hand with the inventory. There's a lot of people waiting to collect their valuables. Yes, Captain. Oh, very Irish in that, that line there. Do that. She wasn't just stealing their possessions. She was robbing them of their faith. Well, at least she didn't get away with it. <sighs> didn't she? Oh, poor Took. Yet another thing has blown up in her face. That poor woman. Don't tell your dad you were hiding out of my place. Why is that? I don't want him to get the wrong idea. Oh, and here comes Samina. This is a character I would have loved to have seen come back if there'd been a series two of of, of Space Precinct. Because as I said, the, the voice and the physical performance, the mask, everything just comes together. She's an instantly likable character. It comes with the territory. Who, unfortunately, we haven't seen much of in the second half of the story. Like father, like daughter, I suppose. Oh. <laughs> And more wonderful reactions on 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 Samina there as well. The, the facial animation. Ah, oh dear. It's all just so lovely. Go to bed. Let it be so, Prime Elders. Good night. <laughs> nice. Night. You left your milk behind. Oh, he's remembered to come back into shot. Good work on Nick Klein's part there. Do you think Took is going to be all right? Yeah, in time. Till next week, and then she'll, you know, get hit in the face by a wrecking ball or something. You know, I'm still not sure what you believe in. Ooh, I believe in you. No, I mean, do you believe in a higher power? Oh, yeah. Every time I look at our kids. Hmm. That's a nice note to end on. <laughs> Again, the, the Brogan family side of things, for once, didn't overwhelm the story because... It's just a wonderful story through and through. That was the fire within. Oh my goodness! I mean, as, as it's a very much a, a two-part story, obviously. I don't find part two a, a letdown from part one, and you sometimes get that with two-part stories where part two doesn't quite live up to part one. I think they're both equally good. Part one does a superb job in setting up a very believable religion and, and community around the, the temple and with all these di different characters. And then part two continues that to a point and then just goes completely off the deep end in terms of lunacy. And yet it's all the clues were there from part one it's just all around probably the the yeah the best space precinct story i think this is for me the show's format and characters working in just the height of their powers so all in all fire within two thumbs up wonderful bit of space precinct Oh, well, 
Lovely. What a surprise. The oh, fire within part two. Who yes. would have thunk it? Oh, it's a great one, though. It's, it I mean, is it's a good often one. cited yes. as, uh, you know, one of the best stories in the whole series. And I, I think that's yeah. probably fair, actually. Yeah. No, it is good. It's, it's got it's it good. all. Yeah. Love the organ. Big of The organ. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Thing. That's right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. good, isn't it? It's very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And lots of fire. Did anyone get uh, burnt or singed? Do you no. Remember? Not that I know of. No. No, I don't well, think so. I was hoping yeah. for a bit of a, a fun accident report there, but no, obviously oh, not. No. Sorry. Oh, well, never mind. Now, Chris hmm. will be back with a real random randomizer next week because it'll be random because it yeah. won't be, there's, no, there's no fire within part three. No. So it'll be random. Yes, exactly. Could be random. Could be anything. Precisely. Could be uh, another space precinct episode. It could, could be because it's random. Yeah, it's Thank random. you for explaining how the randomizer works. Uh, well right. done, Rich James. Now, Podsterons do email us podcast at jerryanson.com because yep. I mean, we're very, very close to to twenty twenty three and our next episode yes. will be in the future distant year of twenty twenty three. Well so, space year twenty twenty three. Exactly. Wow. Great. But can I warn you that we will not be reading out your emails again, any new ones, until at least pod 239, because we are yeah. recording slightly in advance. Yeah. Well, because so, I'm busy in that, and, and you're Rich busy, is, Rich and it's Christmas. Rich is very, very busy. He's doing, yeah. his, he's doing his play, isn't he? So, yeah, yeah. But uh, thank you in advance for any messages. Email us podcast at jerryanson.com. Hashtag us on Twitter. Hashtag jerryansonpodcast. You can uh, tweet Richard. At Richard and, Richard and James. Come on, yes. <laughs> so, right, hang on. Go yeah, on. Yeah, all no, right, Mr. Email. Um, you can get me. <laughs> I'm Jamie Anderson. Him over there, at Chris Dalek. And make sure yeah. you're following the uh, the Jerry Anderson TV Twitter account. That's at right. Jerry Anderson TV. Um, oh, yeah. And we would, again, love it if you would share your memories, thoughts, reflections with the hashtag Cheers Jerry Anderson today yeah. uh, on the 10th anniversary of Dad's passing. So thank you for that. We really appreciate it. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Is that it? I think that's it. Yeah. Right. Well, then, um, onward. Yeah, onward to the turkey, uh, turkey sandwich waiting for me. Oh, yummy. Yeah, nice bit of, uh, nice bit of pickle. Yeah. Gherkin. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. don't. My stomach's rumbling. Oh, I love a gherkin. Yeah, oh, me too. All right, well, oh. let's, let's, uh, let's go munch on some gherkins. All right. What a way See to celebrate. Cheers. Bye. Bye. One complete. Let's go. Yes, he, you know, hmm? do you know who was a big fan of a gherkin? Uh, would it be your dad? Yes. Uh-huh. He loved oh, pickled things. I, I think we've had this conversation before. Have we? Well, because I, I remember admitting that I can get through a whole jar. Well, it's just your absolute oh, yeah. filth, aren't you? No. I am. Uh, well, yeah. in that case, I may have already mentioned the his, his thing for pickled onions, pickled walnuts. And, I've um, never had a pickled walnut. He, neither have no. I. But he loved pickled walnuts so much mm. that he actually got a walnut tree... 
Right. In the hope that one day he would be able to pickle his own walnuts. <laughs> did that ever happen? Sadly, it no. did not bear fruit oh, in time right. for him yeah. to bear to to, uh, oh. to pickle his walnuts. But do you think it might be bearing fruit now? If it's it, still there. I mean. uh, no, the tree went. I'm afraid. Oh. I think it got diseased at some point and had to be removed. So, Gosh. yeah. Well. But I, I might uh, go and get myself a jar of pickled walnuts. And just have one. Pickled I mean, walnuts. They sound horrible, don't they? They sound absolutely foul. I Let think... us know, Podstrons, if you enjoy a pickled walnut. Pickled yeah. I can cope with pickled yes. beetroot, pickled onions, yes. pickled gherkins, yes. but pickled walnuts? Yeah. Mm. Oh, is there anything weird that you've had pickled? <laughs> no. I don't know where that's leading. No. no pickled, pickled ginger? Pickled ginger? Oh, I suppose I have had pickled ginger. Yeah, that's I love right. that. That's okay. Oh, but I wouldn't have it like on its own. You'd have it in a meal. Oh, I don't you know. Have it in a stir fry. Absolutely on its own. Oh, weird. Mm, delicious. Anyway, no, uh, do email us, Podstrons, with your favourite pickle consumption. Yes, let us know. <laughs> And if you're a fan of a pickled walnut, we'd love to know. Maybe even with the, uh, with the hashtag Cheers Jerry Anderson with a picture of a jar of pickled walnuts and you'll confuse the world with that. That'll be brilliant. Uh, there you go. Right. right. Yeah, great. I'm off to uh, crack open a jar of pickled walnuts in that okay. case. Good luck with that. Let me know how it goes. Will do. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. 